you get what you got. <clears throat> All right, well, good morning, everybody. Let's just uh, let's pray for our, our Sunday school lesson real quick. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you once again today, Lord, and just ask you just to, God, just settle us down, slow us down, Lord. May our minds and our hearts, Lord, go into that mode where we are able to listen to you and we're open to you, Lord, and, 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 and we're receptive, Lord, and, and nothing else is in our minds and our hearts. Let us be not troubled while we're in your house, Lord, and let us open your word and learn from your word, Lord, and as always, let these words be your words, not my words, Lord, just just let us learn at least one idea or one precept or one verse, Lord, that we can use in our lives, Lord, and ask you just to be with us the rest of this day as we continue to, to worship you, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. All right. Well, as we've been... Uh, Seems like we've been going forever because it keeps getting longer and longer about the followers of Jesus and how to follow Jesus. And, you know, we started off with the apostles and went through each of them. And then we went through some other people and, and, and we're working our way through the New Testament. And uh, like I said, I, I, I Google search and that gets you always in trouble. But there's 185 people in the New Testament that are named by name. And only a few of those were not followers of Jesus. So we're going through them and we're getting down there. Uh, and we spoke about the women that followed Jesus all the way to the cross. And, and now we're going to talk about a couple more people that, that were followers of Jesus. And, and we, as we've seen, there's some people that followed Jesus before, like John the Baptist followed Jesus before his ministry even started. You know, but we're still followers of Jesus. And maybe we can learn something about being a follower of Jesus and, and, and going along. So let's start off. Let's go to Luke 2.25. Luke 2.25 and look at... The first person we're going to look at today. You ready, Cam? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Luke 2, verse 25. <clears throat> and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon. And, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. So this first first gentleman that we're going to look like look at is is called Simon, and we see that Simon, just looking at this one verse, we find that he was he was a man in Jerusalem, and and we'll see how he actually met baby Jesus. He met him when he was just a little infant, and, and his reputation we see right here in the very beginning. He was just and devout, just and devout. That means, you know. He, he had a good moral compass about him. And devout means he was, he was yeah. following. He was religious. He was following God. And that's how he knew about the coming Messiah. Right. It's because he already knew the Old Testament. And he was, he was one of those guys that, that there's probably plenty of them. And we have Christians like this that, that may know their Bible. They may go to church. They may go to Wednesday night service. Don't know. But he was devout. He was actually looking forward to Jesus Christ. Okay? <clears throat> so... You know, think about his reputation right here in the Bible. And that's pretty good to have your reputation listed in the Bible. But his reputation was just and devout. Just and devout. So first thing I want you to think about in following Jesus is what is your reputation? When people talk about you, would they think you're just and devout? Or would they think you're wild and crazy? Would they think you're a lunatic? What would they think about you? What were the words they used for you? And, and maybe we, if, if it's not just and devout, maybe we should look at ourselves. So we see Simon here. He was waiting. <clears throat> says, <clears throat> excuse me. 
<clears throat> says he was waiting for the, the consolation of Israel, the consolation of Israel. And this consolation meant he was waiting for the comfort that was promised to Israel, the comfort that was promised to Israel. And the nation of Israel, they were waiting for what comfort? God's comfort. That's what the Old, the Old Testament told them, that Jesus was coming. And that's where they would get their comfort from. Because if you read the Old Testament, <clears throat> you know, their history is, you know, they're, they're, they're right with God, then they get wrong with God, then they get kind of spanked a little bit by God, and then they get right with God, and they're wrong with God, and then he, you know, chastises them again, and it's over and over and over and over. They were waiting for, for Jesus Christ to come, the Messiah, the Savior, to rescue them from all this trouble they were in. You know, and this has went on for generations and generations that God's people were there. They were waiting and expecting for what? What was that promise? The Messiah, the Savior. You know, and you think about it. You know, during this time, during Simon's time, what was going on? Well, the Roman Empire was going on. And they had stomped about every country around them just flat and completely dominated them. You know, we, we think, oh, they were in Jerusalem. Yeah, well, they had conquered Jerusalem. They had, they had conquered everything. It was the biggest empire ever, okay? And, it's, it, you know, you think of it in modern times. Russia invading Ukraine is exactly what the Romans were doing. They didn't go in there and pass up pamphlets and go, hey, this is the new Roman Empire. No, they went and stomped people flat, and you obeyed, okay? And that's what they were living under, okay? <clears throat> so Simon was also an Israelite, and he knew the Old Testament. That's how he knew who he was waiting for. That's how he knew who the Messiah was. The, the Old Testament told them, okay? Yet it was different because he had the Holy Ghost come upon him. And we're going to look at that. So let's look at the, the, the next verse there, Luke 26, uh, 2.26. And the Bible says, And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Okay, so we see what? We see here the Simon, he was special. He was chosen by God to have the Holy Ghost come upon him, and he did. The Holy Ghost came upon Simon, okay? And when he did, he revealed something to him. He revealed to Simon that, <clears throat> that he would not die before he got to see the Holy, uh, the, sorry, before he got to see the Savior, before he got to see the Christ, the Messiah that everybody was waiting for, that all of Israel had been waiting for all the way through the Old Testament. They're waiting, 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 waiting. Well, the Holy Ghost come upon him and said, Hey, Simon, you're going to see the Christ before you die. Imagine that. Imagine having the Holy Ghost just come upon you. That would put me on the floor. But come upon you and tell you, you're going to see the Christ before you die. And it's something you've been waiting for all your life. Because remember, <clears throat> the Jewish people, their children were taught the Old Testament from the day they were born. Okay? And they memorized the first five books of the Bible. I can't remember five verses. Okay? So he had known this all his life. And this is what the Holy Ghost told him. The person you've been waiting for all your life is coming, and you will see him before you die. Okay, so Luke, let's go to Luke chapter 2, and let's look at 21 and 22. Let's go back a little bit. And the Bible says, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was also named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And let's stop right there a second. That's kind of important, okay? So here's Joseph and Mary. 
Remember, the angel came to Mary and Joseph and said, you're going to have a little boy and his name's going to be Jesus. So they didn't get to pick the name. It was picked for him. And it was before he was conceived in the womb of the Holy Ghost. And, and then, here we, are, here we are, eight days later, they're bringing baby Jesus to be circumcised, right? So that's what they're doing. They're doing what they're supposed to do as, as a good Jewish couple. Now, verse 22, And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, see, they're following the law of Moses, those first five books of the Bible there, <clears throat> the law of Moses were accomplished. They brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Who were they bringing to Jerusalem? Baby Jesus. Yeah. To present him to the Lord, just like all good Jewish parents did with their children, right? Yeah. They were bringing him to the temple. So we see that here we are, most of uh, Joseph and Mary, being obedient to the law. The law that they learned since they were children. Okay, The law that they got to memorize. They traveled all the way to Jerusalem, and Jesus was just a little infant. And they were bringing him, like I said, to present him in the temple to the Lord. Well, guess who is there? We're going to find out. So let's go to Luke chapter 2, and we're just going to look at verses 27 and 28 now. And the Bible says, And it came by the Spirit, I'm sorry, and he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do, do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up in his arms and blessed God and said, Okay? Well, let's see what happens here. So here's Simon, right? Simon's out doing what he does. But on that day, the Holy Spirit came upon him and said, let's go to the temple. He didn't go to the temple on his own. He didn't probably wasn't in his plans. But the Holy Spirit said, let's go to the temple. And the Holy Spirit took Simon to the temple the exact day and the exact time that baby Jesus was brought to the temple. What did the Holy Ghost promise him? He says, you're going to see Jesus before you die. Here we go. He's brought in there to the exact same exact time. And as soon as, as Simon saw the infant, the little baby infant Jesus, he knew exactly who he was. He knew he was the Messiah. Now, was, was, you know, was he psychic? No. There's no psychics unless you're playing with Satan. He wasn't psychic. The Holy Spirit told him that. That voice that was inside of him said, there is the Messiah that I promised you will see. Okay, so we see that here he is. He, he's been he's he gets to see baby Jesus, the Messiah that all of Israel has been waiting for all this time. And, and we know Jesus was was the consolation of Israel. We talked about that. So Simon, he picked up the baby, little baby Jesus. He picked him up and he blessed God immediately. He blessed God for what? For letting him see baby Jesus before he died and for bringing this Messiah into the world as God had promised. He blessed God. Now, you know, you, you think about it. His parents have little infants, you know. And everybody's wanting to touch them and pick them up. And here goes Simon. He picked up that baby Jesus because he knew who he was, right? Yeah. So let's look at 29 through 32. And, and the Bible says, <clears throat> and, this is, and, and this is what Simon said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. So here is Simon, and he's, he's basically prophesying about what Jesus is going to do, isn't he? He's telling the world right here. And he's holding baby Jesus. And Simon said what? He said, well, I'm ready to die. 
because you, Lord, have kept your word and kept your promise. You told me I wouldn't see the Messiah. I've seen him. I'm holding him. I'm ready to go. Think about that. I'm ready to go. So Simon's probably up there in age, right? He's ready to go. So we also, he also said that he had now seen the salvation for not just the Jews, but for all people. Wow, Jews and Gentiles is what he says. Well, this is probably a little shocking, right? Because Mary and Joseph knew who he was. They knew who baby Jesus was. And they had been taught that he was the Savior for the Jews. So it's something new for them, right? And, and Simon also said that he had seen Jesus, the glory of the people of Israel. The glory of the people of Israel, right? So let's look at verse 33. The Bible says, And, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Of who? Of Jesus. So Joseph and Mary marveled at the things that Simon proclaimed about their little baby son, little eight-day-old Jesus, right? They were marveled. Why were they marveled? Well, there's probably two reasons. First, a stranger knew who, this, who their baby was because at this time, the only people on this earth that knew who baby Jesus was, Mary, Joseph, uh, Zacharias, and Elizabeth, four people. Four people knew who it was, and John the Baptist, but, you know, he was a baby too. But we see that here... They marvel because this stranger in the temple, Simon, knew who their son was. And here he knew something else they didn't know. He knew that, they were, he, that Jesus was coming to save not only the Jews, but the Gentiles. And he told them that. That's why they marveled. That's what was shocking to them, right? So let's go on. Let's look at verses 34 and 35. <clears throat> so here's Simon again. And Simon blessed them and, and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child, talking about baby Jesus, is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. <clears throat> Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Okay, so here, here's Simon again. He's telling, he's telling directly to Mary. This is what your son's going to do. This is what Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, is going to do. He told her a few things about this baby Jesus, right? Yeah. He told her first that some of the Jewish people would believe in Jesus, that he was the promised Messiah, that he was the Savior, but some would not. Yeah. Okay? So he's not going to save all because they refuse to follow. Yeah. Okay? He came to save all. We know that. But they made a decision not to follow. He also told him that told her that there would be much opposition against Jesus in his future. So he's not just because he's the Son of God, he's not going to have an easy road, right. right? He's gonna he's gonna fight every inch of his life, and he's fighting for us. Okay. He also told him that told her that Jesus would reveal the truth, the truth about what about salvation, about why he came. That's the truth he came to tell. Because remember, Satan's on this earth right now, and he's doing his best to deceive, right? That's right. The father of lies. Well, Jesus came to fix that. And he also told Mary, and this is kind of, you know, probably got her a little bit, maybe made her teared up, but he told her that Jesus' suffering would cause Mary a lot of personal pain, and he, he, he likened it to a sword through her own spirit. 
And we talked about that a little bit last week, how Mary, from birth to death, was there with him, with her yeah. child. She watched him grow up. She saw his ministry, and she saw him crucified and die. Okay? And that was her son. So Simon, you know, Simon, if we look at the, what he did right here, just this short little bit we know about this man. Simon, he's an example of how to follow Jesus, isn't he? He, he believed in the Savior before he was even here. He anticipated his rival and was waiting and waiting and waiting and looking forward. He had so much anticipation that the Holy Ghost saw that and came upon him and said, Okay, I'm going to grant you this one gift, this one reward, that you're going to see this baby Jesus before you die. Okay? Simon looked forward to that Christ's first coming, and he anticipated his second coming. Okay? He was ready. He knew. Okay? And you think about that. He had faith in a Messiah that no one yet knew. He followed Jesus before. He followed him from the front end, not from behind. Okay? <clears throat> and it's kind of like they teach us in, in law enforcement, you know, in supervisor training, you lead from the beginning. You lead from the front. And that's kind of what Simon was doing. He was leading. He was leading people around him because I'm sure he told everybody he knew baby Jesus is coming. I've been told. Amen. You know, the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. And, you know, other people in the Jewish world are probably, man, you're a nut. We've been here how many thousand years? Ain't no Messiah yet. Yeah. Okay, but we all know the Bible says he comes as the thief in the night. So be ready, right? So let's go to Romans 5.5. 5. Romans 5.5. 5. Romans 5 5 says, the Bible says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. What is this? This is showing us this type of faith and anticipation is, is what we should have as we follow Jesus, as we wait for the coming Messiah. Okay? That's the faith we should have. This is what Simon had. Okay, so let's look at another lady, another person named Martha. Oh, Martha. Let's read about Martha. Let's go to John 11, 1. And I think a lot of people can maybe relate with Martha. And we'll see. John 11, 1. John chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Okay? So we see Martha, as we are introduced to her here, she's an important person in the New Testament. She's also a friend of Jesus who lived in Bethany. And Bethany's a small town near Jerusalem. And, and we're looking at right now, we're looking at where she was hosting Jesus and his disciples. So they had come into her house and she was taking care of them, right? So that's what we're looking at right now. Let's, but let's jump back to Luke chapter 10. Let's look at something else real quick. How many of us would host Jesus and his disciples in our house? What if you just knocked on your door and said, hey, me and the 12 are coming in? You know, I would be in trouble because Claudia would kill us. Clean the house! It'd be over. And we'd all be dead. Luke 10, 38 through 42 is what we're going to look at. Luke 10, 38 through 42. 
The Bible says, Now it came to pass, as they went, they entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus said, Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which, which shall not be taken away from her. So we're, we're going to break this down a little bit, but what we see here is Martha, she's first mentioned in the book of Luke, and, and she's here in her home in Bethany, and it, like I said, it's a small town near, near uh, Jerusalem, and, and, you know, Jesus is, is, is coming into her, and he's, she's hosting him and his 12 disciples. So they're out doing the ministry. They're out preaching. And they come into her house. She welcomes them in. Okay? There had to be some relationship there. He didn't just walk down the street and knock on a random door. Jesus chose this house. Okay? He knew these people. Let's go back to John chapter 11. John 11, verse 5. You there, Cam? All right. John 11, verse 5. The Bible says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, that's Mary, and Lazarus, her brother. So Jesus knew these people. It wasn't just random. He loved them. Okay? So they had to have some interaction for him, with him before we get to this point. Maybe they had been following him. Maybe they were disciples. I'm sure they are because they followed Jesus. They had a history with Jesus because he loved them. Okay, He knew them. It wasn't just he was passing through towns, healing, and people would come out and get healed, and then they would disappear and never see Jesus again. You know, They would, they would partake of the good stuff he would give, but they wouldn't follow him. But no, he loved them. He knew them personally, right? They had a good personal relationship with Jesus, okay? So let's go back to Luke chapter 10. Back to Luke 10 and verse 39. Luke 10. If I can get the right chapter. Luke 10 and verse 39 is what we're going to look at. The Bible, and we read this before, but let's, let's look at this and just break it down a little bit. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So here's Jesus and his disciples in, in Martha's home, and Mary's there, okay, her sister. And what was Mary doing? She took the time to sit down and listen to Jesus preach. He's preaching. Because I don't think he ever talked about the weather or, you know, racing stats or what have you. He was preaching wherever he went. And Mary took that time to sit down and listen to him. Okay? But let's see what Martha's doing. Let's look at verse 40. It says, but Martha. Okay? So Mary is sitting down listening to Jesus. But Martha was cumbered about, about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she should help me. Wow. 
wow, there's a lot there. But that word cumbered means she was distracted. Yeah. Okay? And, and think about it. She was too distracted at this point to realize that Jesus was in her house and he was preaching. How often do we let things in our life and in the world around us distract us from listening to Jesus? Right. That's exactly what she was doing. So we see Martha wanted to be a good hostess. She was doing a good thing. She wanted to be a good hostess. She wanted to serve Jesus and his disciples. She wanted to prepare the very best meal she possibly could for these people, which is a good thing. But it distracted her. Okay? And, and while she was busy with all the preparations that had to be done, remember, I don't know if she knew he was coming or he just showed up. But I know she, she was probably like my wife. Man, the house better be clean. Everything better be in order. Kids, get your dirty clothes out of the laundry room. Go clean your room. Clean up your bathroom. What is wrong with you? You know? <laughs> Husband, I got a list for you. And that's exactly what Martha was doing. And she was making a great meal. She was putting all of her, her heart into that meal for Jesus, which is not a bad thing. But she was distracted, okay? And with all these preparations had to be, be done, she saw Mary sitting over here listening to Jesus. And what did that do to her? It made her upset because Mary was not helping her. Think about that. You're cleaning house, Claudia, and the kids are sitting down watching cartoons. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, it's on, right? So then... What did she do? She, she went straight to Jesus, and that's the kind of relationship she had to have with him. It wasn't like in a big church, and you have the big pastor up there, and you never see him. You just talk to him and listen, hear him. You don't have a relationship with him. She had a relationship with Christ, right. a relationship close enough that she went to him. She had the, 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 the bravery, the courage to walk up to Jesus our Lord and say, do you not care that Mary's just sitting there? And I'm doing all the work by myself. And then it takes it a step further because what did she say? She goes, would you tell him to tell her to get up and help me? And if she didn't ask him, she told him. She basically commanded him, you know, but she was that close to feel freely to talk to Jesus that way. So they had a relationship, right? So and here we see that Martha was being a little selfish because she implied that Jesus did not care about her. Right? And then she gave the Lord a commandment. She demanded that he force Mary, not ask her, make her get up and help me with all the work. You know, think about us. How often do we do that? The world gets so, we get so wrapped up in the world and things we got to do that we forget Jesus. I do it every day. And you just got to stop and go, whoa, sorry. Sorry, Jesus. Straighten me up. You know, it's kind of like we're working on a car. Me and Mark, we work on cars together, and we'll get so wrapped up into it. Before the end of the day, one of us goes, ah, and there's blood somewhere, you know, because we're distracted. And that's just what happens. We get too distracted with what's going on, you know. And, and, and Martha, she loved Jesus, and, and she followed Jesus. But we see that in her busyness, she took her eyes off Jesus. Okay, she still followed Jesus, but for that moment, she quit following she took her focus off of him, you know. And, and I know she loved him. He loved her. So how often, think about it, how often do we take our focus off Jesus and let things in his life distract us? Yeah. You know, Good. how often do we blame Jesus for problems in our lives? We blame him for the problems in our lives. She was blaming him because Mary wasn't helping her. That was her problem. 
okay? But she blamed Jesus, and she thought he should have already handled it for her. Don't let those problems that come up in our lives knock you off. Keep your focus on Jesus. No matter how bad it is, keep your focus on Jesus. You know, me and my wife were in a really bad accident a few weeks ago. It hurts. It hurts to stand up here. I know it hurts my wife. She's got cracked ribs. But keep your focus on Jesus. He had his hand on us even though we're injured. You know, we, we, that truck sailed over the front top of that car and we survived. And it happens. Things in life happen. We can't let that pull us away from Jesus. Okay? And let's look at chapter 10. Let's look at verse 41 and 42. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Luke 10. 41 and 42. That's where I'm at. And the Bible says, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. How would you like Jesus to call you twice by your first name? Martha, Martha. Sounds like your mom. She used to call you by your first and middle name. Then you're in trouble. Thou art careful and troubled about many things. So he's telling her, you're distracted and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So we see Jesus was able to see into, into Mary's soul. And he diagnosed what was wrong with her at that moment, didn't he? You know, I wish I had a doctor that could diagnose me like that. Because she was worried and she was troubled about serving him and his disciples and everything being perfect. And she was so consumed with that, she had no peace in her heart. She was troubled, okay? She was worried. And he gently told her that a simple dinner was more than adequate. Peanut butter and jelly is fine, okay? And he reminded her that Mary's decision to sit down and stop and sit at his feet and listen to the word of God was better choice than what she was doing. Okay? And that's Martha. Let's see more about Martha. Let's go to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. And what we see here in, in chapter 11 is we see Martha, here she is again, and, and this is after her brother Lazarus. He gets sick and he dies. And let's look at this chapter. And let's look at John chapter 11, uh, verses 1 through 3. Now, a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. Why does the Bible take so much effort to identify everybody by name and where they're from? Because if they didn't, people would look at this Bible and go, eh, that's probably a fable, probably didn't happen. No, this Bible identifies it that way. I'm sorry, side note. Now, a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of, of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. So what are we seeing? We see Lazarus is sick. He's sick to the point they're kind of scared. They're concerned, right? So Martha and Mary do what? They send word to Jesus. You know that Lazarus you love, Jesus? He's sick. Please come. Please come. Okay? And why did, why did Martha and Mary send for Jesus? Why didn't they send for a doctor? Why didn't they call Walgreens and get a prescription? Okay? Because they knew something about Jesus. 
They had faith that he could heal because they had seen it. They knew it. Okay? They knew who he was. He was the great physician. Right? So let's look at John chapter 11. Let's look at 4 through 6, and then we'll read 14 as well. 4 through 6, and the Bible says, When Jesus heard that, he said, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Okay? And let's look at verse 14. Because some things passed with the disciples, but let's get down to talking about Martha. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. What just happened? Well, they sent for Jesus. They said, please come, heal our brother. He's sick. He's dying. He doesn't need a you know, physician. He doesn't need an ambulance. He doesn't need Walgreens. He needs Jesus. Yeah. Okay? They sent for him immediately. And, and Jesus heard. He got the word. It says he heard that Lazarus, one that he loves, is sick. Okay? And he's pretty bad off. But Jesus delayed. It says he delayed two days there. He didn't leave that one spot he was at for two days, okay? And Lazarus died. But Jesus knew he was going to die. And, and he knew he was dead before he arrived. We saw there, he says, Lazarus is dead. He told his disciples that. So they're probably going, well, why did we stay here? Why didn't we go? When you dial 911, the ambulance is rolling. Jesus didn't do that. He waited. And we see, he tells us right there, why he waited. says Jesus said that it was supposed to be this way. He told us that Lazarus had to die to glorify God. Jesus loves Lazarus, but he knew that Lazarus had to die. Jesus allowed him to die. Okay? He allowed him to die to glorify God and to glorify the Son of God, to glorify himself. He was using this as an example to the world. And he was using an example to Mary and Martha, as we'll see. Let's look at uh, John chapter 11, verses 20 through 22. 20 through 22. The Bible says, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Okay, so here we see, like I said, Jesus did not immediately go. But now Jesus is approaching. He's approaching Bethany. It's been four days. Lazarus is dead four days. Okay? I don't know if you have. I've seen lots of people that have passed away. I've seen lots of people that have passed away for several days. Four days is not pretty, okay? He has been dead for four days. Well, Martha heard that Jesus was coming. She ran out, and she told Jesus something. She said, and think about the relationship she had to have with Jesus to boldly come up against him with this statement. She said, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. That's an accusation, isn't it? If you had been here, I sent word for you. Why didn't you come? Jesus didn't get mad, did he? No. He just told her, you know, it's okay. 
But Martha's faith was also strong, right? We see in the next verse. Because she firmly believed that if Jesus would have been there, he could have healed Lazarus of his illness. She believed that. She didn't believe 911. She didn't believe a doctor or Walgreens. We all know that now, right? She believed Jesus. Her faith was not diminished by the fact that she watched her brother die. Her faith was not diminished by the fact that he laid in a grave for four days, dead. Okay? Her faith was so strong that even though Jesus arrived too late to heal him of that illness, what did she say? She knows Jesus can heal him from the dead because she said, whatever you ask of God, God will give it you. She knows. She knows. She knows Jesus is what? She knows Jesus is the Son of God. She knows Jesus is the Savior, right? So let's keep looking at Martha. John chapter 11, verse 23 through 27. And the Bible says, and here he answers her. Remember, he didn't get mad. He just talks to her. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. We all know that, right? So she knew her Bible. Then Jesus said, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. There's a lot here. So let's look at it. So we see that Jesus tells Martha, he tells her, your brother Lazarus is going to rise again. Don't worry. He's going to rise again. Well, she answers, and I guess she wasn't thinking perfectly clear there, but she answered truly. She says, yeah, I know. I know he's going to rise again. She goes, he's going to rise again in the resurrection on the last day, just like all of us are. All believers will. And Jesus answers her and answers Martha with one of his famous I am. Okay? Here's an I am statement for you. He tells her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Who could say that except for the Son of God, right? And he also tells her that those who believe in him will live even though they'll die physically, right? We all die physically but yet we will live. And he gives her a little bit more here. He says that even though they die, anyone that believes on him will never die. That's kind of a twist if you don't understand it. He's talking about you're going to die, but you'll never die. He's talking about a physical death and a spiritual life. We're all born physically. We all die physically. But those who are born spiritually will live forever spiritually. That's exactly what he's telling her. Okay, and, and then he asked her, man, this would, this would floor you. Then he asked her, do you believe this? Yeah. I would like to come Jesus, knock on your door, and you look on your ring camera, and he goes, I see you. Do you believe me? Yeah, my ring camera would melt. But she gives an answer of great faith and understanding of Jesus' divine nature here. She, she realizes she gets it, right? Martha calls him Lord. He's not just the Son of God. He's not just the Savior on earth. He's not the Messiah for everybody. 
He is Lord, the Lord, okay? Not a Lord, the Lord. And she says, yes. She tells him that she believes he is the Messiah, and, and she says he is the Son of God. And she goes a little bit further. She says, who has come into the world. So she understands God in heaven came down to earth. Okay? She understands this. So let's go on. Let's look at John 43, 11, 43 through 44. John 11, 43 through 44. And the Bible says, And when he had thus, he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Let uh, loose him and let him go. Loose him and let them go. Those words are very, very uh, important, as, as we'll see here. So we see what happened. So Martha's faith that she, we've been looking at, Martha's faith that's been displayed in the Lord Savior was rewarded that very day because she witnessed the Lord Jesus Christ go and tell Lazarus to arise and come forth. He's dead four days. His body's already decomposed. His, blood, his blood's congealed. He's not looking good, okay? He's probably not smelling too well, okay? But Jesus says, come forth. Come forth. Now, did he levitate out as a dead body? No, he stood up and walked out as best he could because right here we see that, that he's bound. He's bound with grave clothes. Let's see where it says he's bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and he's got something wrapped around his face. He's, he's, he's already set in the grave. They've wrapped him up. He's in his coffin, okay? But he says, come forth. So she got to witness her brother miraculous resurrection from the dead okay and here's something that's kind of important if you just you might not get it if you don't just stop and think about this so Lazarus was dead and he was bound he was bound in death right but Jesus arose him and the first thing he said was loosen him take those bands off of him this is exactly what Jesus Christ does for us when we, when we call him in as our Lord and Savior. We're bound in death, but he looses us to life. Perfect example of resurrection. That's exactly what he offers all of us. He gave it to Lazarus right there in a physical way, but he gives it to everybody in a spiritual way. Okay? So let's look, let's look at John 12, verses 1 and 2. John 12, 1 and 2. We're getting there. <clears throat> and the Bible says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which was, which, I'm sorry, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. <clears throat> there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Okay? So here we see a third time we're talking about Martha, right? So he's come to Bethany at six days before Passover. And we know what goes on in six days, right? Well, it's getting close. But here he is. This is the third time we see Martha in the Bible. And she's doing what she's known for. She's up cooking. She's serving Jesus. But I bet she's serving a little different this time. 
She's serving him, but she's, she's going to listen. She's loving him. And, and, and here we see Jesus. He attends this dinner in his honor. This is a dinner for just for him. It's his honor they're giving him this. And, and, and it's in her home in Bethany. Martha's serving him, but it says that what, what's old Lazarus doing? Boy, he's sitting at his feet listening, isn't he? I would too if he just raised me from the dead. You know? So here we go. Let's look at um, let's look at verse three. Bless you. Then verse three, the Bible says, "Then Mary, I'm sorry, then took Mary a pound of ointment, a pound of ointment, guys. You know, and that ointment is not like like you know Vicks vapor rub. It's a pound of of, of really ornamental, very you know fragrant ointment. So here we go." Then Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly. There's another one. And anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Okay, so what did Mary do? She's sitting in his feet listening, but this time she takes a whole pound of this very expensive, fragrant ointment, and she rubs his feet. She anoints his feet, and she dries her feet, dries his feet. With her hair. Okay? It's because she loves him. She's serving him that way. Martha's serving him a meal. Because they know it's not long. He won't be here anymore with them. And they know that. Because they know the scriptures. And they've listened to his gospel. So they know what's coming. Right? So we see that on this occasion, here's Mary. She anoints his feet with his expensive perfume. Martha was likely, you know, you think about it, she had to be a woman in this time of some means. She had expensive ointments, a whole pound of them. You know, I know the little perfume or cologne, not perfume, perfume that I like, that Claudia, I like it because Claudia likes it. It's expensive, and it's just like, you know, like three drops. But she had a pound, okay? And we also know that, that you know, she, she probably had a big home. She probably lived well. Because she's always cleaning her house, getting ready for these dinners. And her house is big enough to have a dinner of at least 12 disciples and one Jesus and, and whoever else was there. So she didn't live in a cardboard box. She lived in a pretty big house. And I'm sure during this time, you had to have some, some wealth to have a big house. You know? Um, and then look how often she's hosting dinners. There's the ones we hear about. No. So she's a good hostess. She's probably of some means, right? She has this expensive perfume, you know, perfumed oil that her sister owned, and they live together. So here she is, but she follows Jesus, right? Mary follows Jesus, and Lazarus follows Jesus, okay? And through Martha's, think about it, these counters she had with Jesus changed her life. And we see through her two things. We see through Martha the importance of balancing service to Jesus Christ and worshiping Jesus Christ. She served Jesus Christ. She served him food. She made her house clean. She was busy about that. But he told her, here's Mary. She's worshiping Jesus Christ. She has to find that balance so she doesn't get distracted and lose her focus on Christ. Okay? And, And... even though you think about it, she also learned that, that trusting the Lord, even when all seems lost. She sent word, my brother's sick, please come. And he didn't come for four days, her brother died. 
right? But she still had faith that he could heal her brother, and he did. Amen. Okay? And that's trusting the Lord. No matter what the problem is in your life, trust the Lord. Because it may be a huge mountain to us, but to him it's not a speck. And he can take care of it if we have faith in him. Okay? And we also see another thing in her. The third thing we see in her is, is she used her material resources for the glory of God. Right? She used her material resources to serve him food. She used her material resources to anoint his feet. Her, her sister did. A whole pound of ointment. You know? A whole pound. That's a lot. I don't know how much you could rub into my feet for a whole pound. That's, man, that, man, I'd skate across the floor. But it's expensive, too. It wasn't cheap. So it wasn't Walmart brand. You know? They went to stores that I probably couldn't go into. And that's what she did. She used her material resources to glorify God whole life was spent serving and worshiping and glorifying God. And that's what we need to find in our lives. Okay? So, let's pray, guys. That's the two people today. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you today, Lord. God, I just, I hope that this was clear about Simon and Martha and how they served, Lord, how they served you, Lord, and how they followed your son, Lord. And God, I ask you just to be with us today, Lord, as we hear more preaching, Lord, and and we spend time together, Lord, and, and fellowship together, Lord, as we have a meal together later. And I ask you to just keep our minds and our hearts open to you, Lord. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay.